Hey everybody, welcome into the Bear Cave. Um, this is season one, episode three, and we're going to be talking about the NFL draft today, and only the NFL draft. I'm your host, Bear, and my co-host, Matt, is alongside with me. We'll get to him in just a second. But like I said, today's episode will focus solely on the NFL draft, and what we've done is Matt has created his own mock draft, and we're going to go through that pick by pick, critiquing it, arguing a little bit, and then we're also at the very end going to focus in more on the Falcons because that is who our favorite team is. So, Matt, what's up? It's draft day. You ready? Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's almost like a national holiday with the fact that there's been absolutely no sports going on. you gotta watch, um, you got to watch professional athletes either play video games or play horse oh, as no. bad as that was. Um, so it's nice to have something that kind of actually like matters. Dude, I'm so hyped up for this, especially as a Falcons fan. I mean, you got all kinds of beasts rumors that are just absolutely crazy the falcons reached out to the redskins to try and get up to number two i mean (laughs) bro if that were to happen and we i mean i don't even want to think about what we would have to give up but i would absolutely love to have chase young oh Uh, yeah you gotta well i mean i'll get to in a second but you gotta think of the situation that the falcons are kind of in but yeah it makes sense why all these rumors are kind of swirling around yeah yeah we'll get more into falcons needs and later on in the episode but all right so let's go ahead and start here so we you did a you did a mock draft and so obviously there's been a ton of mock drafts going around um this is the first one we've done on the bear cave it's just i mean it really is basically just let's pick a random name for the most part i mean some picks like the number one overall pick i'm sure is uh pretty consensus but i saw i think it was mel kuyper today in his mock draft at number three, he had like Derek Brown going to number three to the Lions, which was, uh, you know, that's a that's a professional right there. But anyways, so Matt, start with Cincinnati Bengals, number one overall. Who's that going to be? Yeah, that's Joe Burrow. It's uh, I mean, it there there have been so many so many like rumors and stuff popping around. I think Miami really wants that number one spot, but Cincinnati's just not going to give it up. Um, in my opinion, it it doesn't really make sense. You can uh, you can kind of follow along with this if you want, but like. It, with a team like Miami offering you the number or once the number one spot, I mean, they have three first round picks, you know, like if you're Cincinnati, you know, you kind of need depth at the same time. I mean, and I don't think that Tua is that far behind of a player as Joe Burrow, in my opinion. So, I mean, why would you not at least entertain the thought of going from one to, you know, five, knowing that Tua probably would still be there? Um, I don't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but it looks like they're not budging on Joe. Well, I don't think the Bengals would even consider trading out of that number one overall pick. I get the argument that um, they could take two, but here's my thing: if they if they trade with the Dolphins and they go down to number five, they're probably going to have to trade back up to number three with the Lions if they want to, because you know the Chargers. I mean, it doesn't you're basically flip flopping the scenario that we have with the Dolphins and the Chargers now with the Bengals and Chargers. So it would make zero sense for the Bengals to trade back to five and then have to trade back up to three to secure their quarterback. That, unless, unless Miami completely blew them away, it doesn't make any sense for the Bengals to do that. But I agree. I think Joe Burrow is the automatic pick there. Um, all right, so next is the Washington Redskins. I got the number two overall pick. Who you got uh, them taking? I mean, it's, this is, I mean, it's Chase Young, but it's just such a difficult thing to like, kind of pick for Washington is because – I mean, what do they really need versus do you take the best player available? And 
you know, it, I mean, it doesn't make the most sense for them to go with Chase Young, but when you're taking the best player available, I mean, I think he could arguably be the best player in the draft. Um, it's just, I mean, Cincinnati really needs Joe Burrow, but I, I mean, it makes, there's nothing else you can put there besides Chase. Yeah. I mean, I think I, it's, I kind of find it interesting how the Redskins aren't really willing to trade the number two overall pick. I wonder if that's just smoke and they're trying to drive up the price because I mean, they spent the first round pick on Montez Sweat last year and they still have Ryan Kerrigan. So, I mean, they could technically upgrade. Um, but you know, they could also, I mean, they're, they're, they gotta, they have some holes. They need another receiver. Um, the left tackle situation is, you know, very much a question mark. So there are a lot of holes on the Redskins teams. You, that team, you wonder if they're considering trading back as, you know, the draft looms later on tonight. So that'll be interesting to follow because I think Chase Young is the pick if they stay there, but I don't know if they stay there. So, yeah, that'd, yeah, that'd be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So number three pick is the Detroit Lions, who are just a poorly run franchise in general. Um, but who you got them taking? Uh, I haven't taken the next best player available, I think, in their eyes. I don't know if he's the next best overall, in my opinion, but I would go with Jeff Okuda from Ohio State um, at cornerback just because, I, I mean – there's so many holes on this team and the organization is so bad that it's like, it's hard to really pinpoint what they really need when you look at just, I mean, I see five to six holes off the top of the bat of things that they need, but I mean, you got to go with best athlete. And I think that um, he could really help them on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, I think this is one of the um, pretty, I mean, along with Burrow, I mean, the top three really are, if as long as there's no trades, I think they're going to stay the same way. That's why, I don't understand Mel Kuyper saying that they're going to take Derek Brown number three overall because I think the Lions definitely need a corner cornerback. They just traded Darius Slay. Yes, they signed Desmond Trufant, but I think you know Jeff is the consensus number one corner. They really do need a number one corner. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Lions to take him. So, um, and they're almost guaranteed to get him. So they could trade back to number five because um, I don't think the Giants are going to take him at four. And they could trade back to number six because I don't think the Dolphins are going to take him at five. So I think there's they are almost locked to take uh, Akuda. Um, number four overall pick, we got the New York Giants. Who you got them taking? Um, I actually have them making a trade with our Atlanta Falcons for Isaiah Simmons. And I mean, we'll get to this later when we talk about the Falcons, you know, specifically. But I think that when you're in a situation of Dan Quinn and Dimitrov, knowing that, you know, if you don't put something together this year, you're probably done. Um, I think I wouldn't say desperate, but they are urging to make a move. You, You know, we've talked about all these rumors. And I think that New York's kind of in the position of maybe if they trade back, they can still get somebody that they need. And then they could hop back in even later in the first round or trade back in to get a pick higher up. So I think that um, Atlanta's in a situation where they have to they have to do something this year or clean like they're cleaning the house after this. I think the New York Giants want to be good this year, but I think in the back of their mind, they're still kind of rebuilding as a team. So I think Mm -hmm. that they could afford to gain more picks and get more depth on that team other than the Falcons who have to make a push. Yeah, I think they're. I think the Giants are two drafts away. Um, I do think that 
they can trade back um, because I think I, I, a lot of the fans, they really want Isaiah Simmons. They, they do need a um, middle linebacker, but, you know, there's been questions of whether Simmons is more of a safety. Even, either way, Simmons is going to be a hybrid player. Yeah, but he's I think, a freak. Yeah, he is a freak. The Giants are, I think, they, they want to tackle. And I think they realize that the, the gap from number four to number 10 between Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Willis, and offensive lineman from Iowa, I mean, they're, they're so similar in skill that if the Giants trade back to 16, I mean, I think they would have to trade back up, like you mentioned, to secure them a, um, a, a right tackle. But, I mean, I can see that happening. What do you got any idea what the Falcons would be giving up? I mean, you would assume that, I mean, they would give up, I mean, I guess next year's number one, I would assume, but I don't know. And then you've got to think probably a later round pick in this year's draft as well. I wouldn't think that they would give the number two, the second round slot up, um, but I think it would be one from this year in the later rounds and then maybe the first overall from next year, but I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I would love it as a Falcons fan, but, you know, they usually disappoint us. All right, moving on to the Miami Dolphins with the number five overall pick. Who do you got them taking? Yeah, I got two of there. Um, mm-hmm. I think that – I mean, there's been this debate back and forth of do you really consider Tua to be injury prone? Um, you know, does Herbert even, you know, provide what Tua can? And I don't – I mean, I don't even think it's close in my opinion. Um but Herbert would just be the next available guy, I would assume. But I think, I think Miami goes with Tua there, um, and I think that I think he's going to do great down there. Well, I think Miami is. I think they're going to take Tua as well, and I think the whole Herbert thing is all smoke. I think that's on Miami's end to try and convince the Chargers that um, they don't want Tua. So because Miami doesn't want to have to trade at the number three unless they have to. So I think that's a lot of smoke that's going around because I don't I don't know anybody. Like, I, it just doesn't make any sense for someone to take Herbert over Tua, regardless of the injury concern. Um, I mean, I'd rather see performance on tape and have an elite trait and accuracy, not just an elite arm in Herbert, than, you know, just potential. But, uh, Tua's got the potential to be Drew Brees. Who does Herbert have the potential to be? So I just – I don't get that argument. But there is a couple other rumors going around that also might be smoke. But this one actually, I think, has more meaning to it. I think like the Dolphins might take an offensive tackle because they do need serious help along both yeah. lines of the uh, line of scrimmage. Um, I don't think they would do that at number five, but you know there are a lot of tackles that are going to go in that four to ten range. I would be more surprised if they took Herbert over Tua than if they took an offensive lineman over Tua. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, obviously, they do need offensive line help very bad, but there's no way that you can that you can take a tackle there, knowing that you don't pick again till 18, mm-hmm. and knowing at that point that both Tua and Herbert are going to be gone. You're going to wind up taking Jordan Love, um, which is, I mean, that's not what you want, if, especially if you're trying to get, you know, the rally going this year. And I just, you got to take Tua right there. It makes no sense. Yeah, it wouldn't make any sense. The only the only thing that I could and I could uh, argue against that is if Miami were to take an offensive lineman at five, and then let's say the Chargers took Tua or Herbert at six, most likely Tua, that means Herbert would start sliding. And when you look in the draft, you have the Panthers. The Panthers could take Herbert. I doubt it because they just gave Bridgewater a three-year deal. 
The Cardinals, nope. Kyler Murray, Jacksonville, that, that seems like they want to give Gardner a, a good chance. Cleveland's got Baker, Jets, Sam Darnold. The Raiders are a potential team to yeah, they, get them. They, but at that they point, could, the, yeah. the Dolphins are within striking distance to move back up. So yeah. there is – that's why I say there is more beef behind the Dolphins taking an offensive lineman than the Dolphins taking – Herbert. Over well, yeah, two. I mean, I mean, the biggest beef out of all of that is how bad their offensive line is. Like, it's a given fact that they have to go offensive line after they get to quarterback. And I mean, even if they choose to do it beforehand, but they, it's bad. So they they definitely need help on that end. Yeah. All right. Who do you got the Chargers taking next? Herbert. I mean, if this all if this all falls without any trades and stuff like that, I I didn't go too crazy as far as trading and stuff like that. I definitely see some scenarios happening, but. Um, just for my sake, I try to keep it as simple as possible, but I think that he's the next best available quarterback. And I think that the chargers are taking him unless they make some tight trade. Dude. See if I, I just, I'm not a fan of Herbert. I know you aren't either. And it's hard to not put him at six because all the experts have him at six. And if I'm the chargers, I would try and this is, this is what I do. If I was running the chargers, I would go after that number three overall pick to try and get to it because he's young and he is the second-best quarterback by far in the draft, in my opinion. But if, if they're not able to land Tua, they need a right tackle as well. So I think they should take a right tackle, and whatever whichever one of the big three is available, and whichever one they prefer, because one of them is going to be there. And then why not sign Jameis? I mean, Jameis, I mean, the Bucks went 79 last year, yes, but there's no way Jameis ever has a year like that again, in my opinion. I mean, he's not going to throw 30 interceptions. No, I think no. it, I find it hard to believe that. I mean, why not throw a flyer on a one-one quarterback who went, like I said, number one overall it's in 2015? I think it was. He's yeah. still 26 years old. I mean, ah, uh, I would rather I would try that. Get a right tackle because that's the thing with the Chargers. They could get desperate because their roster. When you look around it, they could win right now if they get a quarterback, and especially if they get a right tackle. So. Yep. Um. All right, now we got our division rival, the Carolina Panthers. Who do you have them taking? Oh, I'm taking Derek Brown from Auburn. Um, mm. I think that you like. I mean, I think they've done a pretty good job on the offensive side of the ball as far as free agents. And then you brought in um, Brady from LSU. Uh, Matt Rule, I think, is going to do a good job as the coach there. But I think if you could have a guy that just absolutely just plugs that a gap in Derek Brown, um, I I I don't think you can miss on somebody like that. And I think that. They've got enough speed on the on the edge rushers as the team is right now that they could just if they could just find somebody to plug that gap um, on the interior side of the line, I think they would be good. Yeah, I think you're looking at um, for me in in this uh, this picks because uh, especially with Isaiah Simmons on, I think if Isaiah Simmons is available, that's exactly who the Carolina Panthers are taking. Um, but I could definitely see either way with interior defender because um, they've got to they got to get somebody next to uh, Cameron Short. Um, but their corner, their corners are so bad. So it would be interesting to see whether Carolina values C.J. Henderson as a potential uh, pick that high in the draft at number seven. That might be a reach. Yeah, that's uh, what you're, you're completely – I mean, that's who I kind of went back and forth between when I was looking at this pick, but I just feel like C.J. Henderson at seven is a, is a big reach. For Carolina, yeah. and I, just, I mean, if they really want him that bad, they can trade back in and get him. But I just, I don't see them taking him at seven. But I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think it's a good dynamic because um, 
Yeah, there's their their corners are terrible. I mean, their whole secondary is is brutal. And the more the reason I kind of think they might go cornerback too is because I mean, look who's in the division now. You got Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Matt Ryan. And I mean, and the thing about Derek Brown, he's a phenomenal against the run, but that's what kind of scares me about him a little bit. Like that's great and all, but I mean. I, the NFL is pass, 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 pass now. I need guys that can get to him off the edge and guys that can force pressure up the middle. And I don't know if Derek Brown's going to be able to do that. And I don't want to spend a number seven overall pick on a guy that's going to be on the field for first and second down. So yeah, no, I, mean, I, I, completely, I completely agree with that. I think the only thing that held me up from corner was just, I don't, I mean, I don't see a guy uh, that's you know that should be graded that highly being taken at seven. That's a cornerback. I mm. just yeah. everything I saw was just I mean middle middle of the pack. I mean you I know mean, we're looking ten to fifteen as far as picks, but I don't I didn't see him taking them at seven. But I mean if they I mean you're right their secondary is atrocious. So I mean they could get I wouldn't say desperate, but they could definitely reach. All right, next is the Arizona Cardinals. Who you got them taking? Uh, Jedrick Wills mm-hmm. from yeah. Alabama. Um, he Kyler Murray needs help. Um, yeah. And I mean, if you're if you're wanting to protect your guy that you believe is going to be a franchise quarterback, you've got I mean, you've got to do something with your offensive line. They're kind of in the same boat, I think, as Miami as far as our offensive line. So I think if they can get some help right there, I love I love Wills um, on the offensive line. I think he's going to do a great job. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I like I think the pick is offensive line. It's one of those big three, like I said, mentioned earlier, um, they're. Their offense is when you look at it on paper: Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, Hopkins, Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk. I mean, they got a good, very good course of skill players. But like you said, the offense line is really bad. But so is the defense. So and they don't have a second round pick. So I would be curious to see if get somebody to bite and maybe fall back a little bit and take Josh Jones later in the first round. Um, but I I only see them doing that if they're require a second round pick because they they have to address that defense yeah no i i completely agree i do i think that they uh they're in a position to fall back because i think you really can't go wrong with any of those big three as far as offense alignment so i mean i would definitely test the waters i mean that could also be somebody that um the falcons look at you know moving up to that spot mm-hmm. so yep all right jags you got you got them Dave. So I have Jacksonville doing what Jacksonville normally does, and that's reach. Um, I have them taking C.J. Henderson. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have two first-round picks, um, which makes it a little bit more interesting, and I think that they could get – not complacent, but I think their mindset might be they can reach on the first one and still get a guy that they need later on down the road. But I think I think Jacksonville needs help on the secondary and also just on defense in total, especially edge rushing. So um, I think that that's, they go with Henderson right there. Yeah. I think um, Jacksonville has to go with the best player available on the defensive side. Um, they need a lot of work throughout the whole entire um, – at every level, especially if they do trade uh, Yannick. Um, but I, I like Derek Brown there if he falls. I completely agree with C.J. Henderson there as well. And we'll get later to that number 20 pick, but I wouldn't be surprised if they took Xavier McKinney there. Um, so I think – I actually think um, – the draft. I mean, they could have if they draft right because they got two picks in the first round, like you said. They got two picks in the second round. If they draft right, they could. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but they might be back because they're only what two years removed from the AFC Championship, and 
I know they've gotten rid of a lot of those pieces now, but it's going to be interesting to see how they address that, which was just so two years ago. Imagine if they had taken Jamal Adams over Leonard Fournette. Yep. yep. So, yeah, I mean, I think they uh... – I, I, yeah, like you said, I mean, I think they have the chance to do to do very well this draft. It's just I I know Jackson's Jacksonville history um, in their yeah. draft, and I know I just I hope they don't fall down that same path again because I really don't think I Gardner's not that bad. Um, no, you know, no, I no. mean, I think I mean he did he did really good at Washington State, and I don't think he did that bad this year. He had a couple games where he just absolutely tore it up, and then a couple where he struggled. But I think if he could have a defense that could keep the other team off the field. Um, I think that could help him a little bit as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I definitely give Gardner. It'd be a different story if they were up closer towards the two range, but I mean, right now I think they can give him a shot. Um, all right, tenth pick, Cleveland Browns. Who you got them taking? Uh, Andrew Thomas, another offensive lineman. I think that um, this offense has a. I mean, it had the chance last year too. I thought it could have been so explosive with the pieces that they have. Um, but I mean, you've got to give Baker time and you've got to be able to open up the running game as well. Um, I know having Nick Chubb back for the full season will definitely help, but, um, I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, but I think that Andrew Thomas is, he's a horse. Um, he did really good this year. And I think that if they can kind of, then kind of tighten up that offensive line, like a lot of other teams in this draft need to do, I think they will be a lot better off. Yeah, they definitely need a left tackle. Um, like you said, left tackle, left tackle, Chris Hubbard was, um, Pretty below average last year. One thing that has come across my mind a lot recently is the fact that maybe they could trade Odell Beckham. So they take they take the left tackle with this pick, and then maybe they do tr- end up trading Odell Beckham to one of those three teams that are right below Cleveland, the Jets, the Raiders, and the 49ers. So let's say let's just pick the Raiders for example. Hey, uh, Las Vegas, take OBJ, give us the number twelve pick, and give us you know maybe a third round pick or whatever else more compensation we need, and then they can turn that pick into Jerry Judy or CD Lamb. So now not only have you just improved your left tackle, you have I mean, you've gotten a little worse at receiver, but Judy and CeeDee Lamb both have the upside of OBJ, at least the upside. And you've accumulated another pick. I right. think that could be a really juicy scenario if the Browns think about it like that. And obviously, you got the Raiders and the 49ers and those teams below them got to be willing to do that. But especially Gruden, I would, if you say, hey, we'll give you Odell, I mean, that, Gruden might be all for it. So that's an interesting dynamic I think could happen. Yeah. But, um, yeah. All right. So the number 11 pick now is the New York Jets. You got them taken. Uh, back to an offensive lineman from Louisville. I think that New York Jets need help as well on the offense side of the ball. And, I mean, there's going to be a couple of linemen taken in front of him. But I think this guy's um, going to be a really good job as a tackle. He's a big guy, and he has, he has really, really, really good hands. I got the chance to watch him. Um, on tape a little bit before we did the show. So I think that um, he would be good for Darnold. Um, I think that he should help that offensive line out as well. What do you think is more important for Darnold this year? you think it's left tackle or receiver? Because that's the dynamic they're going to be in. Because you've got to think, we haven't had – you haven't had a receiver come off the board yet. And 
this is what the fourth tackle we've had come off the board. So you uh, gotta ask yourself, yeah. as the yeah. Jets, do we want to take the fourth best tackle, or do we want to take the number one receiver? Whether they think that's Judy or Ceedee Lamb or Henry Ruggs, doesn't matter. I mean, they gotta ask themselves that: do we want the fourth best left tackle, or do we want the number one receiver that's on the board and one of the deepest classes? Because that's the thing; these receivers are falling a little bit. That's because the, the the wide receiver class is so deep, man. Any of these guys, Judy and CeeDee Lamb, would be top six picks. Henry Ruggs would be a top ten pick if it wasn't for how deep this wide receiver class was. So it'll be interesting to see the dynamics the Jets. Came down to that scenario, I would be taking a receiver. Just because fourth best offensive tackle versus the number one receiver, I'd go ahead and give Darnold his go-to guy and pray he stays healthy. And, you know, and because there's yeah, some rough I mean, tackles out there still. Yeah, Jason Peters. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, I I think this is also the scenario. I kind of thought about this as well as them not trading back, but them trading back into this area Mm -hmm. right here and going back to get another wide receiver. But I mean, I think I think you got to look at some of the other teams that have had top of the line receivers, but have struggled to get them involved because of the offensive line. The first first team that I look to is the Houston Texans. When you know with DeAndre Hopkins, Um, they they couldn't get the ball to him. I mean was absolutely destroyed in 0.2 seconds. Um, so that's, I mean, I think as a team, you've got to take that into consideration a little bit. Um, but I completely agree. I think, you know, if you go back to our whole scenario of taking the best player available, then you would go with the first rank wide receiver. I think you make a good point in the fact that they could trade back up because they do have two third round picks and they could package one of those and their second round pick because they got a 48th pick in the second round, which isn't terrible, which isn't great, and maybe trade back in around that 27 spot ish. Because like we like we mentioned, the wide receiver group is really deep. You know, maybe yeah. a guy like Justin Jefferson or you know guys like that are going to be available probably in the later half, later round or later half of the first round. So it'll be interesting to see. That's a good point you make. Maybe they go tackle and then trade back in in the back half of the first round for a receiver. Um, yep. yep. All right. 12th pick, the Las Vegas Raiders. Who you got them taking? Uh, Judy. Judy? From Alabama wide receiver. Yeah, I think, I think he is the best wide receiver available. Um, and I think that um, – I think Gruden's looking his, look at his chomps for somebody like that. I mean, you look at – um, just as freak athleticism as a whole, I think that that makes him easily the best wide receiver in this draft. Yeah, I just think his um, ability to get off the ball, I mean, he's the best route runner um, by far in the draft. I love C.D. Lamb as well. I'm also a little biased because I am a Bama fan, and I agree. I think this is exactly the pick that they go. I think it's wide receiver all the way, unless somehow C.D. Lamb and Judy and Ruggs are all off the board before then. And I don't think that happens, so I completely agree. Wide receiver all the way. Yeah, they got right. another pick there too. So at yeah, nineteen. 19 so. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, San Francisco at thirteen. They got that in the trade with the Colts. Yep, you got yeah, five of them. Uh, back to back Alabama wide receivers taken here. I've got Rugs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to San Francisco. I think that I I don't know why for some reason I feel like he'll gel better with a San Francisco offense than um, C.D. Lamb. I it's it's hard to pick between the two right there as far as who's more talented. I think that they both got potential to be outstanding in the years to come in the NFL. But I think Ruggs just kind of fits that system better, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, That's a good point you make. Um, it'll be really interesting to see. I love Debo Samuel. 
I think he is going to be a superstar in the NFL. And it'll be interesting to see who they decide to pair him with, whether it is Henry Ruggs or CeeDee Lamb or maybe even Jerry Judy if he falls. But I will say this, the 49ers, they have to hit in the first round. They pick again later at 31, but they do not have a second-round pick. They do not have a third-round pick, and they do not have a fourth-round pick. So they could – they're another team that maybe – they might trade back from 13 to maybe accumulate a second or third-round pick and take Justin Jefferson or one of the other wide receivers later on in the first round. So it'll be interesting to see what the 49ers do and what their plan is as an organization. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, with the 14th pick, we got the Tampa Bay Bucks. So <laughs> let's talk about that real quick. Before we get into the 14th pick, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Gronk? Um, I think, I mean, I took this in a pretty deep amount of consideration when I was looking at this pick and who they would take. Um, you look, I mean, just look at what he adds to the offense. I mean, you've got, you've got Godwin, you've got Evans, you've got OJ Howard. I mean, it, adding Gronk and, you know, pairing him with his former quarterback who they obviously had a good connection. I think that, uh, I think that that takes this offense to another level. Now we'll just have to see what Leftwich can do as the offensive coordinator and uh, what Arians can do as well. But I think that um, I think that Gronk is going to add an interesting element. Obviously, I don't appreciate it as a Falcons fan that I have to deal with him again. <laughs> um, but um, we'll see how it goes. But I think I think that was I mean it looked like he was ready to come back to the NFL. So um, it's kind of cool that he'll probably go with Brady for what I would think would be Brady's last year. Yeah, I mean, I like the Gronk idea, um, but I'm still I, – I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it um, from a point where, I mean, everybody hype is hyping it up. I think they get better, but I don't know how much better they truly get. Um, it's kind of the same – I mean, I know – I mean, Gronk has had chronic injuries. I mean, and then the Falcons, we signed Todd Gurley, and we get critiqued for it. I feel like they're very similar for what they do. Both former unbelievable players, probably best of their position. They both have some injury concerns, but Gronk going to the Bucks has for some reason gotten so much hype. And, you know, it's because it's Gronk and Brady, but it'll be interesting to see how that actually, uh, you know, improves that offense and what they do with O.J. Howard. Yeah, I, there's no way, in my opinion, there's no way they keep him. You're telling me Bruce Arians, who never uses tight ends in general, is going to have Gronk and O.J. Howard on the same team when O.J. Howard can net him probably at least a third-round pick, maybe even more? No way O.J. Howard is a buck when the season starts. No, yeah. I mean, I, that's kind of the thing that was – I mean, it was – I liked it for the fact that, I mean, it, it was kind of a PR stunt, in my opinion, bringing Gronk back to, to Brady and getting all the hype around it. I mean, like you said, Arians – I mean, I don't know if – if I saw OJ Howard catch a ball when I tuned into a buck this year. Um, so I, I don't know how much he adds in Gronk to the offense. And I mean, at some point, I mean, we all know that Gronk is, I wouldn't call him a celebrity, but I mean, yeah, you know, he, he is. You know, you know, he makes appearances and stuff like that on TV and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how Gronk kind of handles if he doesn't get the workload that he's expecting. Yeah. Uh, so, but I have them, I have them taking Kinlaw from South Carolina mm-hmm. um, just because, I mean, I, th- I thought for a second they could go receiver, but you look at, I mean, Godwin and Godwin and Evans, I, I mean, I don't see the point of wasting your 14th overall pick on a, a wide receiver three. Um, 
especially with Brady. I mean, he's not what he was. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's not going to be that accurate on deep balls. So that already kind of puts it in question for Tampa Bay too. But I think Kinlaw's a stud. Yeah. I think that he'll help out that defense who's already – I mean, that defense is nasty as far as rushing defense-wise. Um, I think that they could go maybe a little help on the secondary, but I think that Kinlaw is the best defensive player available at this spot. Yeah, I think um... – so my take on the Bucks is they're in kind of a weird spot at number 14 because the two positions you just mentioned, I completely agree on, but they're both. And I think you would agree on as well. They're both strengths. The receiver position for them is an obvious strength with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, the, the defensive tackle position that they have in and Sue and Vita Vea, those guys are good football players. So it's really, it's strength and strength. Okay, we're going to add to one of those core groups or or they can actually address their biggest issue, which is their right tackle. And they would have to do that by trading up. I think Tampa Bay, you could see them and they don't have to trade up a lot, but I think they would want an Andrew Thomas, a um, Dedrick Willis, one of those guys. So I could see them trading up in the draft to try and snag one of them. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, they could, but you're right. They've got to trade up because you're not taking offensive lineman five. I mean, if you take if you take my scenario here, that's, that's what you're getting put at with four of them being taken off the board already. So, yeah, you, you obviously wouldn't have to trade up far. I think somewhere around 10 and 11 would get you the guy that you want. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, you've got to – You've got to you've got to make some moves there, and with you know kind of the the free agent stuff that they've done and the trading that they've done, they have dwindled their picks a touch. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, well, all right, Denver Broncos up next. Who you got them taking? Uh, CD Lamb. I think that um, he's the next best wide receiver available, and I think that Drew Locke needs help. Um, and I think that I think that he would pair well with that with that offense up there. Um, I mean, he's electric. I mean, just some of the stuff that he did this year was absurd. But I think if they could get Locke some help, I think they'd be okay. Yeah, I completely agree. I think you got to take care of the quarterback first and foremost, and that means on the line and at the receiver position. Because if you can give a young quarterback, especially a young quarterback, good weapons, pairing um, CeeDee Lamb with Cortland Sutton will give Drew Locke ultimate confidence, and confidence leads to better play, which leads to better development. And then later down the road, you can address your defense, your whatever it may be. But right now, the number one priority has to be developing Drew Locke and making him the quarterback for the next 10, 15 years. And I think the way to do that, as you've said, is to address that receiver position and take CeeDee Lamb. I think they'd be thrilled. Yeah, I mean, and and they've got they've got two really good guys on the defensive side of the ball with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that I think I mean I don't see them sneaking back in the first round, but I think that after this they go defense just to kind of build on those two guys that they have. Well, they have they have the ammunition to come back up if they wanted to. They have three. I mean, they have three third round picks um, and a one second round pick, so they can definitely at least move back up in the second round and get maybe. Um, maybe swap two of the third-round picks for a, a second-round pick. So they have a lot of options to address their cornerback situation, their linebacker situation. But I think they have to lock in C.D. Lamb. If, if he's available, I mean, he like I said, any other year he's top six pick. You get him at, at 15, thrilled. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, do you, do you, uh, I mean, do you think Drew Locke's the guy for, for, for Denver? Um, I am not sold on Drew Locke, um, but definitely give him another year. And you got, like I said, you got to surround him with talent right. to actually succeed. That's right. why I think if you would have given Sam Darnold talent right from the get go, it can, it can only uh, accelerate the development of a quarterback and it can also tell you whether or not <laughs> yeah. that quarterback yeah, is not bad. good. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought Drew Locke had showed some promise last year, but I did, there was some play that was very concerning. So I want to see a full year. He's got a full off season. Let's see what he does. Yep. A lot of people are picking Denver to, you know, make the playoffs this year. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, for sure. All right. All right, it's 16, so that would have been the Falcons pick, but you have them trading up at, to number four with the Giants, so I assume you have the Giants picking here. Yeah, yeah. I, I went with right. Kenneth Murray, um, linebacker Ooh. from Oklahoma. I think that uh, he's the next best. I think you. I think that if you're not going offensive tackle of the New York Giants, you flip over to the side, you go to defense side of the ball, and I think that Kenneth Murray is – a big physical linebacker, and I think that he could add an element to the New York Giants defense that I think could really help them, especially when you're mm-hmm. running up against guys like Zeke. Um, and then, you know, you got to worry. You got to think that um, Philadelphia Eagles are going to add some pieces on offense. And I think if you kind of bolster up that defense, you could help Daniel Jones out. Um, but that's just my opinion there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that scenario does happen. Like I said, maybe the Giants trade back up because – Get a right tackle. Um, you know, like I do agree, linebacker is very important. Um, they need an edge defender as well. But really, after Chase Young, that position drops off big time this year. So it'll be interesting to see what the Giants do if they do indeed trade with the Atlanta Falcons. All right, up next, we've got America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, who you got them taking? Uh, AJ Terrell from Clemson, uh, cornerback. I think that he could help them out of the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I think overall they're, I mean, they're a pretty solid team. I think they're just missing a few playmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, Very good team. I, I think that, I think that he could help them out as far as on the edge. Um, I think that all the teams in their division are going to get better on outside weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Um, like I think that Philly's going to go wide receiver. I think that New York could add some more pieces. Um, So I think it would be interesting. I think it would be good for them to take, you know, a guy in the secondary, especially on the, on the outside. So you like him more than uh, Fulton from LSU? Yeah. Oh yeah. Come on now. You, yeah, we, we, we can talk about that later. Um, (laughs) He was, uh, yeah, uh, just keep going. They get all, you know, if they I completely agree. They do need to beef up the secondary. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they decided to go with uh, Xavier McKinney. But uh, with the, what they did in free agency, I do think cornerback is the way to go for them. Um, I Because, th- like, they're, I mean, they got a very good team. Uh, if they wanted to, and this would be a complete stretch, and I don't see them doing it, it would be third receiver. But like I said, I don't even see them doing it. I don't even know why I said that because they're not going to do it. But – Backing the secondary needs to be addressed and maybe tied in later on in the draft. Um, yeah. All right. So we got Miami back up again. Yeah. Uh, Austin Jackson, offensive tackle. I mean, you after after you get your quarterback, you've got these next picks you can't miss on as far as offensive linemen. And 
it's it sucks because they probably are going to have to stretch for these next two picks. But you can't like you can't you can't risk the fact that somebody else in between your in between your next pick. You know, I mean, if offensive linemen start flying off the board, um, you're really screwed. So I mm-hmm. think that they've got to go with the next best offensive offensive tackle available. And I th- I mean, he's he's not bad. Um, I think that he's going to take a little bit of development, but I think that his physical size and his hands are going to be good enough eventually once he gets a little work in. Yeah. Um, I could see them definitely going off at the tackle. We talked about that earlier that they do need one. Um, I could also see them going safety here, especially if Cowboys don't take Xavier McKinney, they do need a safety. Um, and they got so many picks this year and it's unbelievable. They can find some competent tackles, so I wouldn't be surprised if they went McKinney here as well. Obviously, you want to take care of Tua, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went McKinney or Grant Delpit. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Up next is the Raiders. Again, they're back up. You got them thing. Uh, I have them going. I mean, they took they took a yeah a wide receiver weapon, and I have them going on the other side of the ball, but also on the outside edge. I've got I've got Trevon Diggs going. Um, mm. at um, just I, for some odd reason, I feel like Gruden has such a respect for not saying he has a complete say in who he's taking, um, or who he wants to take, but I think that he has such a respect for Alabama and Nick Saban, um, that he would go with somebody who he knows has been developed the right way. And I think, I mean, Diggs will take a little bit of work in the NFL, but you yeah. look at his, you look at his skill set and his raw athleticism, and it it's it's hard to miss, especially when you know, I mean, it's in his you know, his bloodline, right? I mean, his brother's, his brother's a superstar already in the league. So I think that, um, I think that he would be good for Gruden on that defensive side of the ball. Yeah. I think Trayvon Diggs is going to be, I don't think he goes that high. I think I completely agree that the Raiders need to take a corner. I think they would take full on LSU um, before they took Trayvon just because he's got, he's got some work to do, like you said, but I do think that if someone snags him later on in the first round or maybe early second, Give him a couple of years, maybe one year, that's it. And you'll see him, you know, really perform because I loved him as a Bama fan. Obviously, we didn't stop LSU, but nobody could. So, um, all right. Next pick is back to the Jags. Yep. I think I think they get their edge rusher here. I haven't taken Chase on um, at mm. 20. Um, I think that as an edge rusher, he's everything that you want. He's not the heaviest guy. But he, I mean, he's he's lightning quick off the ball, um, and I think that they need help on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, I haven't taken C.J. Henderson, but then you get back to edge rushing, and I think that you've got to get to the quarterback in this day and age in the NFL. And I think that he's probably the quickest one with them. I mean, lightning fast hands, and I mean, I think you could even spread him out a little bit if you kind of wanted to throw him in a hybrid position at outside linebacker, just because he's that quick. But I think that overall, he would be the best piece for him. Yep, I could see um, that. That would obviously be the replacement if they traded Yannick. Because uh, right now, I know he's gonna be traded. But if they didn't, if something happened, they didn't trade him. They would need an edge rusher. But we both know that that trade will happen eventually. It might happen tonight. Um, I could also see them going safety if McKinney's off the board. I can see them going Grant Delpit because uh, I do think they need help on that back end. All right. Next up, we have the Eagles at twenty-one. You got them taken. Uh, back-to-back LSU guys here. I got him, Justin Jefferson. I mean, Carson Carson Wentz needs help so bad. It's not even funny. Um, Alshon Jeffrey can't stay healthy. Um, it's I mean, 
he needs help. I mean, it's it's pretty ugly, and I think that Philly could be such a good team if they get this figured out. Um, so I haven't taken wide receiver here. I actually think they – I got another LSU guy. I think there's there's three LSU guys here in play for Eagles, for the Eagles. I think Patrick Queen, Justin Jefferson, and Christian Fulton. Those three guys, I think, are the most likely to be uh, drafted by the Eagles. I think they might be. Um, I like Justin Jefferson. I just they've spent so much capital capital on receivers and cornerbacks that it's uh, kind of mind boggling that none of them have really produced the way that they have expected. But there, I mean, their linebacker core is really bad with T.J. Edwards and Nathan Gary right now. I mean that's that's brutal, and you got to ask yourself, okay, with this deep of a receiving class, do we go Patrick Queen at twenty one, and maybe you know they have fifty pick fifty three. We all we keep harping on it because this receiving class is so deep. Do you go Patrick Queen at twenty one, and then take a receiver later on, maybe in the second round? Yeah. Um, so and then you never know; they might be able to trade back in real late in the first round if they wanted to. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think that uh, it definitely will be one of those two players, in my opinion. I think I think Eagles fans will riot if they don't get a receiver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. I do too. I mean, I also think that uh, just the nagging injuries that Christian Fulton had, um, I don't know if he will go in the first round. In my opinion, um, I've heard a lot of a lot of things about his injury, his injury list, and stuff like that. So I think if the Eagles really do want him, I don't. I mean. They could probably trade back in as far as maybe the first three to four picks in the second round and get Fulton, in my opinion. Um, but they would just kind of have to feel that out and see where it goes. Well, I think I think with the Eagles, their most glaring need is linebacker, but they also do need a receiver. And they just traded for Darius Slay, um, so they could technically get away with maybe throwing Avante Maddox back out there. But I do think that their most glaring need is linebacker, but it's not a sexy pick. And I know Eagles fans don't really want to hear that. They want to hear receiver. They want to hear they're trading up for Henry Ruggs. They want to hear they're getting CeeDee Lamb or Judy. They don't want to hear that, uh, yeah, you guys are getting um, Patrick Queen at LSU. So it'll be interesting to see what the Eagles decide to do. Um, all right, at pick 22, we got the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, so they lost Everson Griffin, so I went with a replacement for them. I went with Gross Matos um, out of Penn State. I think that he has mm-hmm. the edge over Espinoza. Um, I liked what he did at Penn State. He's a big physical guy, and I think that I think that they need somebody to replace him right there. So that's who I have him going to twenty-two. Yeah, I can see them going receiver as well with the stat class. Maybe a Justin Jefferson, maybe Jalen uh, Rager out of TCU. Yeah, um, just because yeah. they got—I mean—they got a pretty good roster. Um, they, their cornerbacks need some work, but at this point in the draft, uh, I keep mentioning Fulton because we, like we talked about, they might keep sliding. Yeah. Um, they do need a corner back end isn't that good uh, I mean they have Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris but talking from a corner perspective they do need to improve there and get another receiver to go along with Adam Thielen but they also have the 25th pick which we'll get to in a little bit alright 23rd pick do the New England Patriots you got them taken uh, I have him he's, he's not going to be the replacement he's not even going to be the future but I haven't taken Jordan Love Mm. Um, I, I mean, you've got Jared Stidham there. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the guy. You got, I think you got to bring in some competition to see what you have there. Yeah, I think with this Patriots roster, I mean, it's 
eroding. They've got a lot of needs. Um, like this is another potential spot for Patrick Queen, maybe. Um, but I, I agree, actually. I think they, they go Jordan Love if he's available. I completely and 100% agree. I think they go Jordan Love at 23 if he is available. I don't think yeah. it matters, but yeah. All right. New Orleans Saints at 24. Yep. I have them going with Xavier McKinney. Hmm. Um, I just, I mean, you look at the next best player available. He's close to home. You trust Saban. You know what, I mean, you know what McKinney went through. Um, so that's, that's who I think they go with. Um, it, I think they could go wide receiver. Um, but I, th- I think that McKinney's the next best player available in my opinion. See the, the saints are an interesting topic in this year's draft because they are loaded everywhere. I mean, everywhere they are loaded, but they have, they don't have a lot of capital. So I think this is another name that I'd like to mention. I've already mentioned him twice. The last two picks I've mentioned him now, Patrick queen. I think if they can pair him next to Demario Davis, that will just give them a, another coverage linebacker on their roster. And then you just got, one of the most probably the most complete team when we did our power rankings back in episode one we both had them at number one so i think yeah i think if they linebackers really the only thing they need they they are a team that will probably take um maybe best available just because they have so many uh yeah um, i I mean i i think mckinney is if you're going best available, I think he gets the edge over Patrick Queen, in my opinion. But Patrick Queen is the sexy pick here, just because being from Louisiana. So yeah, uh, I can see it going either way. I can. I mean, I see that too. But when I when I look at the roster, I mean, they got Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins back deep. Malcolm Jenkins isn't the same player that he used to be, but he's still a, a good player, and he might right. deteriorate more down to an average player. But I think Kiko Alonso was was brutal last year, and you can replace him with uh, Patrick Queen. I think that's a significant upgrade than just taking Xavier McKinney and trying to find a spot for him because it's not like they need him to, you know, play nickel or anything like that. I mean, they got Marshawn Lattimore, Janaris Jenkins. I mean, they, they got yeah. I mean, they're pretty solid everywhere except for that linebacker spot, which is interesting to see. I think I do think Patrick Queen, if if he falls into the lap, he falls into the lap. And I think if they think someone above them is going to take him, I think the same straight up and get him. They say screw it, we're going for a Super Bowl. We don't have any picks anyways. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I also think if the Falcons trade doesn't go through, I think Kenneth Murray could also be somebody that falls in their lap as well yeah, um, as yep. another option right there with Patrick Queen. So. All right, uh, back to the Minnesota Vikings at 25. Yeah, I, I went back and forth between LSU guys here, and um, I, I went ahead and went with Christian Fulton um, with Minnesota. I think that uh, they got the edge rusher earlier in the pick, and I think that they go – they could go wide receiver here, but I – it's it's a stretch that would be what the one two three four five that would be the fifth one taken. Um, I I don't think they need him that bad, and I think that I think that Fulton could help him out on the edge. Yeah, I think they go if they go receiver at uh, twenty two, like I think they will, because I just think Adam Thielen isn't a number one by himself. Like he's going to need somebody um, with him, so I think they have to address that in the first round. But I do agree. I think they go cornerback. They might go Fulton. They might go Jalen Johnson out of Utah. Um, I think they go wide receiver, cornerback, or cornerback, wide receiver with those two picks in the first round. Yeah, and they've—I mean—they've got two picks. So I mean, if they really want a true number one man, go up and get, go up and get Judy or Rugs. They very well could. 
And they do the same thing with corners. They want a true number one, even though I think it's safer to assume there's a true number one receiver like a Judy than it is to assume that CJ Henderson will be a true number one. Yep. Um, okay. Up next is the, let's see, where are we? The Dolphins game. Yeah, I have him. I have him going with another offensive lineman. I got Cesar Ruiz going there. Um, I, he's he's a big physical guy again. I mean, I I want him to go defensive side, especially especially a guy like a corner or safety. But man, I mean, if if you're wanting your franchise guy and your franchise guy is Tua, and you already know that he's had a few injury problems, you've got to protect him. Um, in my opinion, I don't. I th- you can never have enough offensive linemen, and I I I just see him taking him there for some odd reason. Yeah, I mean, I think they they just have a lot of holes, man. It's it's thank goodness they have all these picks because they are going to have to address a ton of needs. They need to fix their whole right side of their line, especially if they get to a, and if they take Herbert, they need to get a new left tackle. They need yep. to fix pretty much their whole linebacking core. I mean, their corners are good with the with Howard and Byron Jones, but I mean that's about it. Devontae Parker's good. That is literally the only positives about the Dolphins. So, all right. Up next is the Seattle Seahawks at twenty-seven overall. Yeah, I think I think Grant Delpit for Seattle. Um, I think that you know he he kind of had the little injury bug too, but I think when he's a hundred percent, I think the tape kind of speaks for itself as far as what he's able to do. Um, he's a bit bigger of a guy too. He's over six foot. He can definitely put on some weight. He's already over two hundred. I think he could get up to two twenty-five and kind of be even a bigger guy for you and still kind of keep that speed. He's a ball hawk. Um, I, I think that Seattle would do good right here picking him there. Yeah, I think, I think Seattle needs a big shot to the arm and defense. Um, I think they're, when you look at their roster, it's pretty bad, especially on the defensive side. Um, Russell Wilson does a lot to cover up um, that roster. I think maybe, you know, AJ from Iowa here, but I, I'm not a particularly big fan of his. But, um, you know, I think Seattle definitely needs an edge, edge rusher, especially if they don't re-sign Clowney, which it, they, the reports come out that they're still talking to him, but nobody knows what's going on there. So yep. it'll be interesting to see what Seattle does. All right, so 28th pick, we got the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, this is where, this is where I had Patrick Queen falling, assuming that um, there's no other trades and stuff like that, just because uh, this defense needs speed. In my opinion, um, he's he's a sideline to sideline guy. He's pretty quick. He had a really, really, really good year. Um, he played really well in the national championship game. Uh, I think this would be a huge shot to the defense right here um, with yeah. Baltimore. I think they could really help him out. Yeah, I think Baltimore just needs to keep doing what they're doing is and just take the best player available. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. All right, up next is the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Um, Tennessee here, I you went with you went with the franchise tag with Derrick Henry. Um, you're going with Tannehill at quarterback. You've got to have you got to give him time, and you got to hope that run game can really, or the offensive line can really bolster up for that run game. So I'm going Isaiah Wilson here on the offensive line to kind of kind of give him another shot right there, build up a little bit of depth on the offensive line, and uh, see what Tannehill can do. Yeah, they don't have a they don't have a lot of holes. Um, I completely agree. I think offensive line. And maybe defensive line, but I agree. Titans are pretty well set as long as Tannehill keeps playing like he did. Yeah. I uh, up next, we got the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, this is where I have Espinosa falling. Um, I think Green Bay 
could very well be the other team that Jordan Love falls to, in my opinion, um, if it's not New England. But I think that Espinosa, he's, I mean, he's, he's going to be a decent edge rusher. He's not, he's not what everybody makes him up to be, in my opinion. But, um, uh, I mean, there's, there's a couple ways that Green Bay could go here, but that just kind of made the most sense to me. Yeah, I think Green Bay is, um, you know, I think they need a receiver. They missed out uh, last year on um, that class and not taking one. I think the Rager guy from TCU is a potential fit there if he falls. Um, but, yeah, I think they need to beef up the middle. Maybe a Marlon Davidson, but he might be too early in the first round, maybe in the second round. Yeah, But I don't yeah. know if he'll be available for the Packers that late in the second round. But I do think they need to – you can just – I mean, we saw it happen in the NFC Championship game. It was unbelievable what the 49ers did. So I definitely yeah. think they need to beef up the middle of that um, that interior line and the linebackers. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. All right, the number 31 pick in the first round, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I'm going with Winfield here um, out of Minnesota. Um, his father played in the NFL. He's got good bloodline. Um, Coach Fleck is really high on him. I've watched his tape. I think that he could be an absolute steal right here, in my opinion. I think that he's a very underrated player. Um, he was a ball hawker in, in the Big Ten. I think that this could be a really good fit for San Francisco. Can kind of play that hybrid position to a cornerback or safety. So, Yeah, this is – I thought maybe uh, Trayvon Diggs at this spot. Um, obviously, you had him going much earlier in the draft, but I think Diggs maybe uh, falls in the draft. Not necessarily falls. I think you actually have him going a little bit higher than most people do. I think Diggs here would be a nice get for the um, 49ers. They don't necessarily need him. I mean, Emmanuel Mosley wasn't terrible last year, but – they don't have a ton of holes. I mean, they could they could use Cesar Ruiz at a center if they really wanted to, um, but you already have him going as well. So it'll be interesting to see what um, what they do with that pick because it's their second pick in the in the first round. And then we're going to end up with Super Bowl champs, Kansas City Chiefs. Yep, this is uh, I have my first running back going off the draft or off the board here with DeAndre Swift. I just, I mean. Kansas City, I mean, the only hole on offense is the running game, in my opinion. I mean, you have a beat-up LaShawn McCoy. Um, you know, you had Hunt that was had his issues, and he's gone. And I just, you know, you can go back and forth between the Williams guys uh, running back. But, it's, uh, I mean, Swift, in my opinion, is the best downhill runner in this class. Um, his hands are a little bit in question, and as much as you throw the ball, um, you might look for a guy with a little bit better hands. But, I mean – as far as running back, I think that Swift really wouldn't be a miss here at the back end of it. Yeah, I think I think uh, Swift actually is not bad receiving. Um, to be honest with you, I think the the Chiefs definitely need to go more on the defensive side. But knowing the Chiefs, they're going to and knowing Andy Reid, he's definitely going to go running back just to spice up that offense even more. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. All right, so. We've covered all 32 picks now in the first round. Now we're going to move over towards more of our being a biased fan and talk about the Atlanta Falcons and what we're hoping for and what we actually think will happen and how we are both ready for the disappointment um, to incur. Probably trade up and take who knows who. Probably trade up and take Jordan Love. That's how Falcons organization is run nowadays. But anyways... What would be your dream scenario for the Falcons tonight? Uh, dream scenario, we get the second pick and get Chase Young. 
Yeah. Um, that's dream scenario. In my opinion, I wouldn't, I mean, I would love the scenario that I had getting the four and taking Simmons as well. Um, the Simmons one is probably a little bit more achievable. Washington is just being extremely stubborn. Don't know why. Um, but I mean, Chase Young's the best defensive player in the draft could be the best player in the draft. So that would be my dream scenario. I think my dream scenario is because obviously the, the best player that we could potentially get is Chase Young. But when I'm thinking dream scenario here, I'm thinking the Redskins are going to ask for a ton. And I think if we're able to get up to number four or number three, sorry, and maybe the Lions are not as hard pressed as the um, Redskins are, I would love to take Okuda from Ohio State because I think Okuda, sorry, that is their number one need. Is a cornerback. I mean, we, oh, it's, it's, we're going to roll out Isaiah Oliver, Kendall Sheffield, and Jordan Miller. Yep. Yeah, I mean, nothing. that's, that's brutal. I mean, why that? I mean, I don't want to trade up to get CJ Henderson. I mean, if, if we do, that's fine because it's a need, but I don't want to give up a ton of draft competition just to go up and get what could be a good corner. I want to go up and get the best corner or the best pass rusher or the best hybrid freak prospect we've ever seen. I want Young, Jeff, or Simmons. Those are the three I want. I don't want to trade up for C.J. Henderson. I don't want to see that happen. So, But my my dream scenario would be for the Falcons to get to number, number three with the Lions and take Jeff out of Ohio State because that's I think that's our biggest need. I, I'll live with Tack Kinley and Dante Fowler coming off the end. Um, Grady Jarrett in the interior. Maybe if we trade up to 10, maybe to take Kinlaw. I think Kinlaw is a better fit than Derek Brown. I just – I like Kinlaw better. I remember watching him uh, play Alabama this past year. And I was like, this guy is a monster. He is continuously in our backfield. And you go watch that. You put that tape on, you will want Kinlaw on your team. So I think that's the most realistic thing we do is maybe trade up to get Kinlaw. Uh, what do you think? It, it – Kinlaw or Derek Brown, who would you rather have? Oh, Kinlaw. Yeah, it's not even – I mean, Derek Brown takes up so much space, but, I mean, you look – Kinlaw's just a better athlete. Um, and that's – I mean, that's what you want when you're drafting, too. You've got you've to consider just raw athleticism at some point. And I think that, I think that Kinlaw is a guy there. But, I mean, you're, he's not going to fall to 16 is the problem. So. Yeah. And we don't have a fifth-round or a sixth-round pick. I I think we need to address um, corner, as I already mentioned. I would like to get maybe a linebacker. Um, honestly, maybe later on in the first round or at, at 16th, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of Patrick Queen. Um, that would be a stretch. I mean, I like Aluakon. Uh, I think he deserves deserves a shot, but also where the Falcons are at, we not we're not in the waiting business. We're in the win now business. Yeah. So I don't know if we can afford to just wait on Luicon. Uh, I also see. I think I don't think we pick at sixteen regardless. I think we move up or we trade down. To be honest with you. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, trading down could almost pretty much guarantee you Patrick Queen as well. Um, Cause yeah. I think 16 is a reach for him. It is. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you could move down to, I don't know, maybe, maybe where Philly is at like 21. So maybe they can reach up and get a guy like Ruggs or Judy. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but 
you're right. I mean, you, we've just there's so many spots we got to fill on defense. Cornerbacks, obviously, number one. Um, I don't know if we'll get there to Detroit, but um, there's just so many holes, man. Patrick, I mean, Patrick Queen just reminds me so much of Deion Jones coming out of coming out of college. He looks more like a a safety compared to a linebacker, um, but his uh, he is so explosive. Um, so it's. He's got he's got the tools that you can't teach, but I completely agree. At sixteen, he is a reach. That would be a trade down scenario where we don't think any corners are what we you know value at one corner. Um, But I don't even know if they can evaluate talent because they think Kendall Sheffield can be a number one corner. um, So yeah, I I I about threw my phone when I heard that. We'll uh, we'll have to see how that goes. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn thinks everybody we draft is a potential superstar, which I guess is good. But at the same time, we need to see results now and not just – it was fun at first. Oh, this guy's going to be a potential star. But then when they're all not potential stars, it gets kind of uh, irritating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've but, been there. We've been there, done that. All right, so now let's talk more because we are going to continue to go into the second round now. Who do you want – who do you see the Falcons taking in the second round, or who do you want them to take? Got any any thoughts on that? No, I mean this. It really it really goes. I mean, it's hard to say without seeing how the first round plays out. You know, yeah. um, it. I mean, you could go either way. I mean, do you, do you trust Edo Smith that much um, as running back two? I I don't like Brian Hill. I know that they signed him back. He's not. I mean, he no. he just had to fill a hole because Devonta Freeman was out. Um, I mean, you could go. You could go running back. Uh, it could be a stretch there, um, but I mean, you just don't. You don't know what Gurley's going to give you. You know, is the biggest thing in my. You know, and then I don't want to get back to the problem where we have Ito Smith and Brian Hill being our running backs for the entire year. You know, because Gurley could very easy just do something ridiculous in the first game and he's out for the rest of the year. So, I mean, I would like to get a running back too in this position. Um, Edwards Alaire, um, J.K. Dobbins. I mean, I don't think you can miss with either one of those guys. No. Um, but, you, I mean, you've got the glaring need on the defensive side of the ball that it's hard not to go back and get one of those guys there. But, I mean, that Gurley just concerns me for the health issue, and, and we're completely screwed if we don't get another running back. Yeah, I was a big proponent of using a second-round pick on a running back before we traded Hayden Hurst – or traded for Hurst. Because um, now, obviously, we only have one second-round pick, and I just don't right. know – Spending a second-round pick on a backup running back, is that important? Um, I thought definitely going into the offseason, okay, we got two first-round pick or two second-round picks, sorry. We're going to cut Devontae Freeman. Let's go out and get a Edwards Hilaire or a uh, J.K. Dobbins. And, but so now I'm kind of leaning towards hopefully, I don't know if he'll be there, but Moss from Utah, I mean, his elusiveness and his ability to break tackles and make people miss, probably the best – um, and I would love to ha- take him in the third round, put him behind Gurley. But because I completely agree, we don't know what we're going to get out of Gurley. Last thing we need is an injury to him, and then we're back, like you said, with Edo Smith and Brian Hill carrying a tote for 13, 14 games. And that's, but it's put the Falcons in a hard spot because we, we, we got to fill other needs and a backup running back in the second round just doesn't make sense. So, yeah, I mean, it really depends. I mean, we don't know what, you know, the team is planning as far as workload for Gurley. 
Um, because I mean, if, if you're only wanting him to get 55, 60% of the reps, I mean, a running back in there 40% of the time, um, I mean, that's a decent, decent chunk of the offensive plays. And, you know, for, you really don't want, you really don't want Brian Hill or Edo Smith in there, in my opinion. I mean, Edo Smith had a decent first year, but I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, I like the guy from Utah too in the third round, especially when we had the two second round picks, I was like, you cannot miss on a running back in the second round. But obviously with Hurst, we lost that, but It'd be interesting to see what happens. I, I, we'll have to see how the first round goes, in my opinion, to see what we'll do in the second. Yeah, let's, let's jump back into the first round real quick. If what would be the most disappointed, like what player would disappoint you the most if you heard that we picked tonight? At sixteen. At at sixteen. Mm, that's the. I mean, uh, if they stretch for somebody like. Austin Jackson or Cesar Ruiz or something like that on the offensive line, in my opinion. Oh, if we I, take an offensive lineman, you can wherever it goes, that's fandom. If we take another offensive lineman, we got Jake Matthews, Alex Max, spent two first round picks on offensive lineman last year. You tell me we take another one in the first round, yeah. That would be you catch that would me be, later. Yeah, that would be a doomsday scenario. I mean, I would I would hate to trade up for somewhere like seven through nine and get Henderson, in my opinion. I mean, I just I, – I feel like if you're going to trade up that high, man, just I, – I know Detroit is listening. I know mm-hmm. – and I even I even know that um, New York is listening. Why not get up there and get, you know, Okuda or Simmons, in my opinion? Um, I would hate for him to trade, like, in seven through nine and then get somebody like Derek Brown or something like that, in my opinion. Yeah, I think ideal scenario there is Isaiah Simmons falls to seven and we're able to – or, yeah, falls to, falls to six or something like that. We're able to get up there in front of Carolina – um, that would be nice, but I don't know if that happens. But anyways, my I would hate if we take um, how do you what's Chasine? What's how do you pronounce his name from the LSU? Chase, the edge rusher, Chase on, Chase on. That's it. I do not want. <laughs> I keep seeing him mocked and mocked and mocked to us, and it screams a Dan Quinn pick. It really does. He is a your typical case of all the tools in the world, but why on earth hasn't he dominated as a pass rusher when he's got all these tools? And I don't want to take a guy that is quote-unquote a project. I want a guy that on tape, we see production, we know what we are getting, we're not some guy that can't produce. Isaiah Simmons is a freak toolsy guy, but produced everywhere. I just don't know. I don't see that. And oh, that would be my one. Obviously, the offensive lineman. I, I'm hoping they don't pick one at all. That shouldn't even cross their thought. But this one obviously has because he's been mocked in a lot of people's mock drafts. And I don't, after I've done research, watched tape on that, I don't want it. Maybe if he want, if we want to take him in the second round, sure. But I'm not touching him at 16. Yeah. Also, I mean, a couple of the guys that have been thrown out there that I will. I will break every TV in my house is Gross Matos and Espinosa. If we take them at 16, it's yeah, it's GG for me. I'm I'm a Bengals fan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I just AJ, I don't know. Um he just doesn't have a burst, man, um, for that edge position. And it's it's yeah, no, I don't want him either. Um he took a big step back in his efficiency after, you know, the hype coming into this year. So, yeah, that'll be 
but he can he he's still got there i think i would i don't know i wouldn't want him either but it's we're in we'd have been in a great spot if we didn't win you know our last four games but you know it is what it is so yeah yeah we uh we we really wouldn't even be having this conversation if we just uh you know just just went the way we we're supposed to go we could be sitting there at number two with chase young but um you know, here we are at 16. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, where, where do you think this, this absolute noise is coming from with Jordan Love? I mean, oh, what, I, I mean, what, what is that even like? Not even, you couldn't even say like Herbert or something. You had to go Jordan Love. I mean, what I, I saw that and I, I lost it. I mean, I, I didn't, I don't think I look at Twitter the rest of the day. My only, like, and this makes no sense with me even saying it, but, my only thought is the, it's the it's coming out of the Falcons camp that they're trying to confuse teams that if they trade up, it's going to be for Jordan Love. And obviously that wouldn't be the case, but I think it might be the Falcons themselves blowing smoke to, you know, hopefully convince teams that are behind them not to trade up in front of them. You following me? Yeah, I mean, you've you've got to do some – you you have to you have to have some type of smoke blowing in draft day just because you gotta it's always fun to mess with other you know teams and there are a few out there like Jacksonville and stuff like that that absolutely fall for it every year um, so um, it would be interesting to it'll be interesting I mean they're not taking Jordan Love if they do there's no chance in hell I'm a Falcons fan anymore but anyway um, we'll we'll see how that goes yeah I can't wait bro. Um... This was a very fun topic. I'm going to miss talking about the NFL draft, even though tomorrow we will be recording bright and early to our reaction to the entire first round, including the Falcons. We'll go more in depth, talk to you about our feelings and whether we're happy, whether we're not happy, whether we traded up, we'll analyze the whole trade itself, like what picks did we give up, not just the player. So we'll do that with every team as well. We're looking forward to it. I cannot wait for tonight. Matt, got any last words? Yeah, if I'm not on the show tomorrow, it's because I broke every TV in the house and um, <laughs> I've lost the willing to, to do the basic things in life. Um, so we'll see how the Falcons go. There's a good chance that happens knowing the way that the Falcons like to draft. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. This is going to be wild. I don't know how this whole virtual thing is going to go. There's supposed to be storms rolling through Atlanta tonight too. So uh, oh, we, might no, have GM, be... we might have our GM on generators. So that's going to be really <laughs> interesting. Um, oh, it's gonna be! It is gonna be awesome. I cannot wait. I am so excited. I don't know if I've ever been this hyped up for a draft. Just I want to see. I want to see Jerry Jones just have his whole face in the camera. I want to see Jerry Jones just completely make a pick that everybody is like, "What on earth?" And you know the coach because I've been hearing rumors—not rumors, just like everybody's worried that Jerry Jones is—he's by himself, and when he's by himself, he'll make this rash decisions. I can't wait. I want to see it. So, yeah, so I mean, is this, is this like our team still reporting to Goodell, and Goodell's like coming on Facetime? And like, I, I've kind of I, really failed to see how this whole thing's gonna play out. Yeah, honestly, me too. I heard that Roger might be making the pick from his basement. I don't know if that's actually true or not. Oh, God. Um, that would that's gonna be funny, but it's gonna be cool because I just you know the uncertainty. You know, there's no bias between all the GMs who their favorite prospects are. So it's gonna be really interesting to see. I think we're going to see some big time differences in whatever people mock draft. I think it's just going to be a crazy draft in general. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yep. All right, guys, we will see you tomorrow. 
to recap the NFL draft first round. Peace.